This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The trial of the alleged murder of 13-year-old Barnaby Teen began on Wednesday, six years after the accused was arrested. A government-funded trans rights organization is calling on the CRTC to begin consultations on banning Fox News. A new poll claims that most Albertans don't want a provincial police force, even while one Alberta city just voted to take advantage of a new government program to replace the RCMP with a local service. Two human rights complaints have been filed against two theaters for allegedly discriminating against Canadians on the grounds of race after hosting a performance exclusively for Black audiences. Hello, Canada. It's Thursday, April 6, and this is the 100th episode of the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The trial of the alleged murderer of 13-year-old Burnaby Teen began on Wednesday, six years after the accused was arrested. Ibrahim Ali, who is a refugee from Syria, was arrested in September 2018, months after discovered. Ali was charged with first-degree murder in the death of the girl, despite pleading not guilty in a packed courtroom on Wednesday. Ali was 28 years old at the time of his arrest and had no previous criminal record. He arrived in Canada as a refugee from Syria 17 months before his arrest. Ali was identified as a suspect following an investigation into over 2,000 candidates. Tens of thousands of pages of evidence have been filed by Crown prosecutors in the trial, which is expected to last through the summer. Prior court appearances have seen protests blaming Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's immigration and refugee policies for the murder. Wow, Lindsay, six years. That is an exceptionally long time for this family to have waited for this court case to begin. And of course, it's raising a lot of questions about Trudeau's immigration policies and the vetting process. What's your take on this story? Well, something that rubs me the wrong way is when you read reports about um, what happened in court on Wednesday, the judge, apparently of this case, addressed the jury and gave them a whole lecture about unconscious bias and how, you know, really don't let your, um, don't jump to any conclusions based on race, ethnicity, religion, or gender. So it sounds like from the reports, he gave a whole speech about unconscious bias. And it's like, well, I wonder if that is making the jury feel like, oh, because this man is a refugee, like, we we can't go too hard on him. Even though, yeah, okay, nothing's been proven yet, um, innocent until proven guilty, but this is a really horrific crime. Absolutely, and I can't even imagine how this family feels. I mean, their 13-year-old daughter was murdered. They've waited now six years for a trial. I don't know if that's a normal precedent. That seems like an obscene amount of time to wait. Now, finally, they're getting their first 
stab at justice and this story comes out where a judge was telling the jury not to have an unconscious bias and already kind of laying the ground to maybe give this refugee, you know, an easier time than he arguably should be given. As you mentioned, this is a horrific crime. I'm wondering what we know about Trudeau's border policies since this story has happened. Obviously, this has been a long time. When we're looking at Roxham Road, you know, you've written a lot about this, Lindsay. It seems like we have so many illegals crossing the border every day, and obviously there's no vetting process being done there. Is this something to be concerned about? Well, the Canadian immigration system is supposed to have checks and balances. We're supposed to vet who comes in. But in the case of 2015, when we had all of these Syrian refugees coming in, proper vetting wasn't taking place and they were being rushed in. Um, and it's happening also now, the same situation with Afghanistan refugees. And, you know, up until recently, when illegal migrants were crossing through Roxham Road, um, they were immediately let into this country without being checked for anything. The government has a role to ensure that the rules are being followed in our immigration system. And in a lot of cases, that hasn't been done properly. And in a lot of cases, it's not being done properly even to this day. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Will Canada ban Fox News? That's what the government-funded trans rights organization AGAL Canada is hoping for. AGAL Canada is calling on the CRTC to begin consultations on banning Fox News after host Tucker Carlson called out their response to the Nashville school shooting. In a letter to CRTC chairperson and CEO Vicky Etrides, Egal says there needs to be, quote, a serious Canadian conversation about the broadcasting of Fox News in Canada amid rising levels of anti-trans hate around the world, end quote. The organization says Fox News host Tucker Carlson made, quote, false and horrifying claims about 2STNBGN people in a March segment on radical trans activism titled The Trans Movement is Targeting Christians. His segment aired after a shooting at a Nashville Christian school by a transgender person saw six people killed, including three children. Carlson had also called out a gal over their response to the Nashville shooting. The organization published a statement titled All levels of government in Canada have a responsibility to combat the rise in anti-2SLGBTQI hate the day after the tragedy, where it did not mention the tragedy or offer condolences to the families of the victims. The group, which describes itself as, quote, Canada's leading organization for 2SLGBTQI people and issues, currently receives millions of dollars in government funding. The government of Canada alone says it committed over $5 million worth of grants and contributions for EGAL Canada last year. Rachel, what do you think about this crusade to ban Fox News? This is exactly what conservatives have been warning about. This is exactly why we don't want to see Bill C-11. It doesn't even become law yet, and already we have this organization 
advocating to get rid of conservative outlets in Canada. And I think that those of us in conservative media and even people that are just making their own YouTube shows are worried that they're going to be deranked and impacted. There was a time when I might have just shrugged the story off and said it's just some radical ideologues trying to get their way. But now this is something that we actually have to look at and say, no, this is actually a real possibility of Canada in 2023, especially considering the work the government's doing on Bill C-11. Right. And this group, Egal Canada, is government funded, millions of dollars. And I just think, you know, whenever I see Tucker Carlson pop up on YouTube, you know, his segments, they have millions of views. And so if we're going to go, if the government decides that they're going to pass C-11 and um, mess with the algorithms and um, mess with our YouTube recommendations, are they just going to you know, erase something like Tucker Carlson or erase Fox News from Canadian YouTube. Uh, I think that's actually a real possibility. And to your point about Tucker Carlson getting millions of views, he also has millions of supporters and followers within Canada. So he's speaking for a large group of people. And this is a group of people that's been told time and time again over the last eight to 10 years that their views are unacceptable. Largely conservative-leaning groups and freedom-loving Canadians They're being told that they're no longer accepted in Canadian society and they're being pushed to the fringes. This bill is really just going to reinforce that we don't have freedom of thought and freedom of expression within Canada anymore. Most Albertans don't want a provincial police force, according to a new poll, even while one Alberta city just voted to take advantage of a new government program to replace the RCMP with a local service. A recent leisure poll found that 58% of Albertans disagree with replacing the RCMP in communities it currently services, compared to 21% who support the idea. However, the poll in question and the subsequent Calgary Sun article appear to mischaracterize the United Conservative Party government's most recent provincial policing proposal. The government's February budget did not include funding for a provincial service, but offered cities funding to remove the RCMP and set up a local force, if they so choose. Further, Dylan Topple, spokesperson for the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services, said no decision has been made regarding an Alberta police service. Instead, the UCP government's budget 2023 provides $3 million through the Municipal Police Transition Study Grant, through which municipalities are eligible for up to $30,000 to offset costs associated with developing a business case for a municipal, self-administered police service, or a regional equivalent. And Grand Prairie City Council has already decided to take advantage of the province's offer, voting 8-1 to last month to dump the RCMP in favor of a local force. Lindsay, a lot of my readers were getting really angry about this story yesterday when it came up. It was quite funny. They really didn't agree with this leisure poll. They were saying, no, we want a provincial police service. We want to get rid of the RCMP. And then, of course, there was another side of people saying, well, the UCP does want to get rid of the RCMP. Of course, the government has said that it supports the idea and it's looking into it, but no decisions have been made. So I guess it's a policy discussion that's being had, but their current actual policy is to allow municipalities to set up their own force if they desire, and they'll provide some funding for that. What's your take on this story? Well, Rachel, um, I am a non-Alberta resident. So what is the thinking here? Um, Why would Albertans want to get rid of the RCMP? Albertans have long discussed a getting rid of the RCMP and having their own provincial police force as a means to give them more autonomy Alberta Premier Danielle Smith has been very vocal. She says, you know, look at Quebec. They've been able to achieve so much autonomy for themselves. And as a result, they're able to have that separation from the federal government. And arguably, Quebec seems to get better deals with the federal government than the rest of the provinces, and certainly better than Alberta. 
So I think it's one of those steps the province can take to distancing themselves from the federal government. For example, it was also recommended in the provincial government's Fair Deal panel report that was released in June 2020, which was basically just the steps the province outlined for how they can get a fair deal from Ottawa. Of course, for the province to set up its own provincial service would be quite costly. So I think the government just hasn't allotted the funding for it at this time. And that's why we're seeing the province give smaller amounts of money to municipalities who do want to set up their own service. But again, the costs are just so much smaller than it would be if the province was to set up a provincial service. We're looking at about $735 million annually provincial service, and that's on top of the $366 million in startup costs. And that was from a report back in 2021. So considering the cost of inflation, everything's quite a bit more expensive now. I suspect those costs have risen substantially. Two human rights complaints have been filed against two theaters for allegedly discriminating against Canadians on the grounds of race after hosting a performance exclusively for Black audiences. Former People's Party of Canada candidate Robert Stewart has petitioned both the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario and the Canadian Human Rights Commission over the controversial events which were labeled an act of segregation by some commentators. On the federal level, Stewart's complaint names the National Arts Centre over a February 17, 2023 blackout performance that was advertised as an open invitation to Black-identifying audiences only. Although the National Arts Centre eventually revised the invitation to remove the word exclusively after public outcry, Stewart maintains that Section 12 and Section 5 of the Human Rights Act were violated by the federal theatre. Section 12 prohibits publications of any notice, sign, symbol, emblem, or other representation that expresses or implies intent to discriminate on protected grounds such as race. Section 5 prohibits discriminatory practices when providing services or facilities. A separate complaint to the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario names another Toronto theatre for violating the Ontario Human Rights Code by hosting similar Blackout Nights performances. Rachel, what do you think? Do uh, do they have a case here? Personally, I'm interested to see how the Canadian Human Rights Commission rules on this. However, the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario actually just set precedent on this last month. So I don't think he'll be successful in his challenge there because the Ontario Tribunal found that white people basically can't be discriminated against. And that was, of course, after an Ontario high school student tried to sign up for a summer program and was rejected because he was white. The program was only open to black students. So I don't suspect that bid will be successful. Maybe we'll get a different answer from the Canadian Human Rights Commission. I'm not overly optimistic, however. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tncnews throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. There will be no episode of The Daily Brief during Easter weekend, so we'll see you all on Tuesday. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.